Is the mic on? Episode 63, What's Wrong with Orny Adams? Welcome back. Let's get right into it. I go to the gym every other day. I can't stop moving. I hike on my days off that I'm not at the gym. I watch what I eat. And yet, every single person at the gym who's on their phone the entire time, they sit, they camp out on a piece of equipment. They do nothing except they're on their phones. Yet, these people somehow are in better shape than me. I, I, drives me nuts. I'm sitting there working my tail off, ass off for some people, and yet... These people sit there. I don't know. What are they spending all day at the gym? What? How? What? What? Is this a gym or a WeWork? Let's start there. People, they're just on their phones and completely unaware. They sit on a piece of equipment and there's not like there's duplicate pieces of equipment. Like if you want to do like, you know, like flies on a universal type machine or or lat pull downs or something, something like that, they're camped out. They're sitting there. They're not looking up. You'll go, excuse me, excuse me. That's the other thing. Everybody has headphones on. So you can't even, like, excuse me, excuse me. They're in their own world. It's like these people that you see crossing the street and they're they're on their phone. They're looking into their phones. And I'm like, this person's going to get hit. They're just going to get hit. They're completely unaware. They're not looking. They've got their headphones on. They're not looking for traffic. I don't know how there aren't more accidents, more people getting hit. We are in our own worlds. We are in our own selfish worlds. And I'm tired of it. I'm exhausted of it. I, I, I just, I just, you can't connect with anybody anymore out there because everybody's got their headphones on. Everybody's in their phones, on their phones, or in their, yeah, they're in their phones. People are actually in their phones. That's a, that's a better way to put it. You're not on your phone. You're in your phone. Your life is in your phone. Pathetic. And I'm a, I'm, I'm. I'm just as guilty, guilty of being in my phone. Orny, Orny, Adams. Wow. My voice, I just went through puberty. (laughs) Episode 63. We're going to discuss 62. My guest was Bobby Lee. Lots of sort of uh, recap about that. And you're going to want to stick around until the end because... Remember in episode 60, I discussed the iconic lounge chair, the iconic lounge chair, the Eames chair, the the replica? Well, wait till you hear what happened with that company that I sort of partnered with. You're going to want to, you're going to want to hear this. That's at the end. That's called a tease. And that's a legitimate tease. I'm telling you when it's going to be. I'm telling you what it is. The news teases all the time. And, uh... They're not fair. We've become like a world of clickbait. Like the other day, I'm sitting there about to wrap up my TV viewing session. And then the news, news to tease us to stick around. This is what they said. Why are the prices of your mimosa about to go way up? Next. Well, now, what what could it be? There's only two ingredients, right? Orange juice and champagne. One of them must be going up, right? Is it the ice? No, there's no ice in there. Yeah, there's only two ingredients. And who drinks mimosas? I don't drink mimosas. Mimosas is a day drink. I don't day drink. I don't morning drink. If you have to start your day with a drink, we got a bigger problem. You should wake up. You've just been in a coma for, if you're lucky, eight hours in your bed. Now you get up and you want to you wanna, uh, alter your state again? I wake up, 
full of enthusiasm and vigor, excitement. Let's start the day. Let's make the bed. Let's get into it. Let's do this. I can't imagine going, you know what? I feel good. I want to make myself feel worse. And then what happens? For the people that drink at brunch or during the day or even pre-happy hour, happy hour is too early for me. Do you recover? Do you need a nap? Like, does it affect you? Are you? Do you drink so much that it doesn't affect you? Like, what is a mimosa? It's champagne and orange juice. They can't be using good champagne. And it, it, the price is going up. It's usually bottomless mimosas. Everywhere I see brunch, it's bottomless. So it's going up. So you stick around. It's not in the next you know, segment of stories, of course. What they do is they tease, and then it's a whole new coverage of something else, probably war in Ukraine or, you know, inflation or whatever. And then then they come back to it. It's always a last straw. And it's, it's 10 seconds off. Turns out the price of orange juice is going up. So why didn't they just say, oh, the price of orange juice is going up because of, you know, bad crops in Florida or that Hurricane Ian in Florida? Oh, I got to play that clip. Uh, oh, God, so much to do. It, they they can't just, and they get you to stick around this clickbait. Everything is just, how can we confuse the consumer to the point where they're making bad decisions and they're overwhelmed? Like this, there's too many, I have what I call decision fatigue. And I'm sure other people call call it that too. Like every single thing, there's too many choices, which includes, you know, of course, dating, uh, where you go out to eat. Uh, items on the menu. You want to buy, uh, I've discussed it in my last special, More Than Loud, which is on YouTube. Uh, I discussed it. Laundry detergent. You name it. There's entire aisles now of items that just used to be one item. The Ziploc bags used to be one or two boxes. Entire aisle now of that. Toothpaste. How many toothpaste options do we need? How many different flavors of toothpaste do we need? It's remarkable. Choices equal fatigue, equals bad decisions, equals buying too many. They know what they're doing. They know they know what they're doing. I mean, look at look at the French fry selection. I actually wrote them down. I was sitting there in front of the case. Oh, and here's another thing before I get into the French fries. Uh, Target in Los Angeles is now locking up the laundry detergent. You now have to call somebody. This used to be saved for very select items that were expensive, like razor blades or condoms. Uh, now, laundry... And by the way, those are small items that you can sort of put in your pocket. Laundry detergent's kind of big. Keeps getting bigger. So people are stealing. They're just walking into these stores and looting and stealing. And now, who suffers? Well, we all suffer because prices go up. And now we have to call an attendant to get the laundry detergent. I have to sit there. I buzz two or three times and I'm waiting and I'm flagging people down. Nobody has the key. What what am I, the only one buying laundry detergent that day? How about a better system? How about I press it, you look at me, I look normal, and, and then you open it remotely. I mean, the world, it, 
everything is a reminder of how messed up the world is. That's all That's all it is. I just want to go buy my laundry detergent. I don't want to be reminded that there's looting and excessive crime now and things are out of control. But that's that's all you get. But guess what wasn't locked up, everybody? The French fries. French fries. So if you're uh, you know thinking of uh, looting, that's still out in the open. The frozen French fries. I'm sitting there going, this is unbelievable. I just want steak French fries. Remember the steak ones that were like thicker? They always had less fat than in any other one. The Orida steak fries have like three grams of fat, whereas the crinkles have seven. Now listen, listen to all, all the selections. And I won't even get into like some have some skin on them, some don't. But there's there's the standard French fry. There's the crinkle fry, the shoestring fry, the cottage fry, wedge fry, steak fry, curly fry, waffle fry, and then tater tots. How many different choices of French fries do we need? And then I was I was complaining to my dad about this, going, I'm overwhelmed. I don't know. I don't know what I thought I wanted steak fry, but now I thought maybe I want the curly fry. And then the, the crinkle fries remind me of a good time once in my life. And then, of course, tater tots. Everyone loves tater tots. That's how a food fight starts in, in, in high school. They serve the tater tots. Those things are so aerodynamic. Food fight, always. So I thought maybe I want to get tater tots and invite people over and have a food fight. So I'm, tell, I'm telling my dad this and my dad goes, oh, yeah. And, and, and don't forget sweet potato fries. I'm like, oh, my God. It's right there. Sweet potato fries which are the worst fries ever. Eliminate those. Off the list. No more sweet potato fries. They're they're too sweet. True to the name. So you can't dip them in ketchup because that's like dipping uh, sugar in sugar. They never get crispy and they don't taste that good. Out. Make them illegal. Get them out. Leave them out in the middle. Let the people who are stealing the laundry detergent uh, take a free free bag of... of uh, uh, sweet potato fries on the way out. I can't stand them. And if anybody like writes in, and the email for the podcast is what's wrong at orneyadams.com. If anybody writes in uh, and, and tells me they like sweet potato fries, there's something wrong with you. And uh, to be quite honest, I don't need you as a listener. Okay. Sweet potato fries. They came out of nowhere. Time to go out of nowhere. Sick of them. There's already too many options. And why don't they, if they're so good, why aren't there sweet potato tots mass produced? Why aren't there sweet potato shoestrings or cottage? Cottage is like, cottage looks like jail cells to me. The the crisscross thing. Wedges are decent. Steak are great. Waffles. You know what? They're all great. But I went out to eat at this place and they, they, I, I ordered a hamburger and the waitress said, which potatoes do you want? I go, what do you mean? She goes, you want tater tots? You want French fries, steak potato? And I think they had the uh, the stupid uh, uh, sweet potato fries. I can't even remember. And by the way, I'm partly angry about the sweet potato fries because I've, I have I order them over and over again, thinking maybe they're healthier or maybe I'll, I'll like them. Maybe somebody figures them out. They all suck. Nobody has figured out the sweet potato fry. Then when I was a kid, and I bet they still have this. They had alphabet fries. <laughs> like we're going to sit there and spell things with our French. We're eating the French fries. Why do they have to make the, the food cute for the kids? Were their kids not eating the regular French fries? Were people like, I don't want to eat this. It's not, uh, it's not cute enough for me. Like we, I hate kids. Like why are we pampering to them in the potato category? They can, 
They'll eat the regular French fries. French fries are amazing. I still eat French fries. I don't eat the other things from when I was a kid. Pureed carrots out of a mini jar. I don't eat those anymore. But the potato fries, French fries, man, French fries are like the super food. They're, I mean, they're, they're great. But when they're not done right, okay? We don't know what's wrong with French fries when they're not done right. When they're like sort of soggy, you're just pissed off. You're wasting the calories and fat. You know what I mean? Don't deliver me uncrunchy. I don't want the one sitting in the basket. That's what the wedge, the, uh, yeah, the cottage fries actually look like the basket that the French fries are fried in. This is all getting way too deep. And I, I wasn't going to spend this much time on it, but like how many different shapes of French fries do we need? That's what I was basically getting at. Like, why don't, why don't we make them in the shape of me to remind you not to eat so many French fries? Me with a little, little belly. Uh, chubby fries. <laughs> that's, that's, what, that's what we need. That's what will get everything, everything going. Okay, so enough of that. I mean, I wasn't going to spend a minute on French fries, and then I just spent way too much time on French fries. But it all comes back to decision fatigue. Too many decisions. That's why dating apps are horrible. That's why dating now, in general, is done. Done. Listen to me. Done. If you're coming up now, done. Be prepared to be cheated on. Be prepared to date somebody, and even if they don't cheat, they're emo- uh, physically, they're emotionally cheating. There are too many options. There's too many. You get hit up. We're all too connected. When I, I hate to sound like an old person that I am, but when I was a kid, you know, you were dating the people that were around you. You used to get set up on dates. You would meet somebody out and want to date them. Now you can you can meet somebody out. Okay, you can be into that person. Like, oh, oh, I'm into this person. And then 15 minutes later, I'm getting hit on by somebody else. Now I forgot about that other person. I'm onto this person. Like, and we move on too fast. Including myself, we don't give anybody a chance. But of course, you know, at my age, we're all damaged to some extent. So it's, you're sort of like sitting there going, okay, what's this person's damage? How damaged is this person? What's their issue? And everybody on dating uh, apps... Everybody's full of it. Everybody in the world just chillax. Chillax. Everybody's standards, everybody. Whoa. If you don't like dogs, don't date me. Okay. Thanks. Thanks for eliminating. You're eliminating people before you even meet the people. Why? Because... if you're a beautiful woman or a beautiful man, you have options. You have too many options. It's like French fries. Your brain is fried and you're just moving on, moving on, moving on, dating several people at the same time, communicating with people when you shouldn't because you're already dating somebody. It's too much. It's too, too much. People, this is what people say, okay? You'll hear people, these cliches, these memes. I'm, I'm looking for somebody living in an authentic life. Listen to that. I'm looking for this is this is people talking about dating. This is what this is what they want. Uh, I I want to date somebody living an authentic life. I want someone that is true to themselves. My love language, that's another one. My love language is honesty. Is kindness. Oh, you want somebody that's honest and authentic and kind? Then you look at the person's pictures on Instagram. Uh, now, now they're skydiving. 
They're on a private yacht. They're on a private jet on some exotic beach. Is that your authentic life? You work at Applebee's. You're not being authentic in your pictures. You're not authentic, but now you want authentic? Everyone's out of their minds. Then they'll put up a... a, 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 a they always have a picture with their dog, and the dog is always like, get me out of here. Get me out of here. Like, do you understand the irony of saying, I want somebody real, but you're not real in your pictures? Oh, like, either they're staged, so you look like you're living some sort of life that you don't really live on social media, or one time in your life, I swam with dolphins once in Bahamas. I don't put that picture up because guess what? I'm never swimming with dolphins again. One of them tried to get with me, was humping my leg. So I, I don't put up activities that you do one time. One time. Oh, you rented a, a moped in Spain? I've done that too. I've done that too. Of course, it's 20 years ago, so the picture wouldn't, wouldn't hold up. But I'm, I'm saying, like, I don't even put pictures up. I, I, oh, my God, I just can't stand people. I can't stand people. I want to meet the woman that says, I'm looking. I want to date someone that has no plans on Friday night just like me. That's what I want. I don't want somebody who I'm stressed out just looking at the meals you're going out for. Just the stress of the meal, you and your beautiful friends at these restaurants. I can't, I'm just, all I'm thinking about is the bill. I'm thinking about what I have to wear. I'm thinking about the reservation. I think, what what a disaster. I want to date a loser like me. I just want people to be real. You know what I want to do? These people that are living their authentic life, you know, their authentic life, this, you know, skydiving and, and uh, you know, vineyard tours, you know, all over the world, beaches, pools. You know what I mean? Those, those pools, infinity pools. I mean, this life. You know what I want to do? I want to follow them. I want to follow them. I want to do a documentary. I want to find out how authentic their life is. Because you can't skydive every day. Can't ski every day. We get it. You want us to think you're busy. Nobody's that busy. Nobody. If you do something one time. Nobody's being real. Nobody's honest. Really. You know what? You know what? Thank, thank God there's all these French fries I get to choose from. It distracts me from, from everything else that drives me nuts. At least the fries are... I, I mean, I'm just... I, as I think about it, it just they're just layers of the bullshit in this lifetime. Layer after layer after layer. Like nothing... Nothing's good news. You turn on one channel... It's the Ukraine uh, war. You turn on this channel, it's an inflation. It's the cost of goods. It's this, uh, It's another mass shooting. It's this, it's that. There, there's hurricanes. It's, nothing's good. Can I get somebody, somebody that just is, can I just be surrounded by people that aren't full of shit? 
you're you're going to tell me you're going to live your authentic life. You're going to pull out these these terms. These uh, they're almost like memes. These dating memes. These these colloquialism. These they're hacks. They're dating hacks. These they're they're all mimicking each other. They all say the same crap. And then I'm supposed to think that you're authentic. You want authentic. You you don't even know what authentic is. You don't even know. I was on a private jet a couple of weeks ago. I didn't, you know, I think I posted, maybe I did post a picture, but I didn't. What did I do? Do it? Did I? Maybe I did. All right. I don't know. But it wasn't my jet. I'd post pictures if it was my jet. That's for sure. All right. I got a flu shot. Anybody else get the flu shot yet? I got the flu shot and, uh, yeah, right in this arm. So I feel like I'm ready for flu. Then I'm sure I have to get the COVID shot again, even though I've had COVID twice. I seem to be ground zero for COVID. I'm on the every six-month plan for COVID. You know, but every time I've had it, thankfully, uh, knock on wood, no symptoms or very little symptoms. Um, but I guess uh, I guess now we're, we got the double whammy, the twinsies, COVID and flu season coming up. <sighs> Let's see. So I went to the gym yesterday, did legs. I like to do legs to the point where I can't walk for two days. I don't know why. I like to just abuse my legs. I don't feel like I'm, I've really worked out until I've done my legs. But then today, you know, it's, uh, you know, get as much protein as you can. And my eggs were expired, so I couldn't have the eggs. Let's talk. Do we want to do the Bobby Lee? I, I feel like I've already said too much. I, I, I've, I've exhausted myself already. 22 minutes in. Um, this is episode 63, What's Wrong with Orny Adams. Uh, if you want to contact me, the email is what's wrong at orneyadams.com. You can go to teamwhatswrong.com for everything, for all the links for everything. And, you know, my special is up on YouTube. This sh- special was shot in 2017. It was on Showtime. I tried to sell it to uh, Netflix. I would have given it to him for a buck just to have the exposure that they passed. So it's on YouTube. It's got some uh, it's got some nice views. A lot of great comments underneath. I, I appreciate it. A lot of people like to compare me to other comedians, which drives me nuts unless it's like George Carlin or like, but usually it's like, what is, is Christopher Walken? Who's this guy think he is? Uh, but share that. I, 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 do, I do appreciate it. I, I am fascinated because I have made a conscious decision to transition my life from going on the road, getting on a plane, which I hate. Even the private jet, I hate it. How, how many people can say that? Only what's wrong with Orny Adams can say that. I was on a private jet and I still didn't like it. I still had complaints. I don't want to go on the road anymore. I don't want to go to these clubs. I don't want to try and sell tickets. It's too much. Taking a big gulp of juice to get some energy back. Because that dating thing knocked me on my ass. That's my head every day. I just, I hear, hear these thoughts. I have these one-way conversations with myself. And then I'm exhausted. I want to eat carbs. And then I'm at the gym wondering why everybody else who just sits on their phone the whole time is in better shape. I don't do any supplements or protein drinks either. I just eat whatever. I've lost, I've completely lost my energy. And I've got to do the Adam Carolla podcast after this. I got to wrap this up and go do the Adam Carolla podcast. Um, yeah, I, I, 
flu shot. Went to the dentist. Dentist gave me crap for not flossing again. The speech about how people die from not flossing. Like anybody's ever heard of anybody dying from not flossing. Oh, do you hear about Jim? They just just died. Middle of pavement, just dropped dead. Well, what was it? Was his heart? No, it wasn't flossing. Wasn't flossing. Flossing. They give me. They, they scare me now. Now they're threatening to make me come back every four months for a cleaning instead of every six. I said, no, that's not covered by insurance. I'm not. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. No way. I keep banging the table in case you're wondering what that noise is. I, I flip the paper over. So I flip it over. Uh, Bobby Lee was on the last podcast. I want to thank Bobby Lee. He's a friend. We got into it a little bit about this story in South Africa where Bobby accused me of standing by and not jumping in and protecting him when he was being mugged, which was complete, complete horse crap. I debunked it. I'm like Snopes over here. I debunked it. Uh, And I even had Ian Bagg as a witness. Now, the thing is, Bobby threatened to walk off the podcast if I continued to play Ian Bagg's uh, clip. So let me let me play Ian Bagg's clip and. uh, just so everybody knows, th- that episode I put up on YouTube ahead of time. Most of the episodes like this one, episode 63, will go on my Patreon page, patreon.com slash Orny. There have been several new subscribers since the Bobby Lee episode. Thank you and welcome and be patient. I'm doing this all on my own. I've got all these cameras. I hit record. I run all the boards. There's another board in front of me here. And then I edit it. Now Ernesto Hurtado edits the audio. But I'm trying to get put together a team. I'll discuss that in a few minutes because I've been doing a lot of other podcasts lately, which I will discuss in a minute. And then I've discussed the iconic lounge chair at the end. It's funny because I woke up this morning. I said, I don't even know if I have anything to talk about. Now I'm, I've already gone over. I've already gone over. So I'm going to play a clip. Oh, so I put I put the clip up on YouTube and it's getting some good views. Okay. And I opened the podcast by talking about how we must support mediocre people and how I want to tax hot people. And I put that clip, I've been doing that on stage for a while. I put that clip up on Instagram and TikTok and Facebook so you could see what it was like when I do it in the club. But I opened the podcast with that because I like to introduce some of the newer bits on the podcast and develop it. And I was hoping Bobby Lee would jump in, but he just sat there like a scarecrow. Nothing to add. Nothing to add to the bit. But I said, uh, we need to support mediocre-looking people. And then I said, my guest today is mediocre, very mediocre. Please welcome Bobby Lee. Now, there's been pushback, okay? Not on me calling Bobby Lee mediocre. Everybody was fine with that. They couldn't believe I called myself mediocre. And believe me, I'm mediocre. I am, despite what uh, Whitney Cummings said about me uh, on her podcast. I just did her podcast, but I am mediocre. I can tell you because I, I, I barely get hit on now on stage. I'm a 10. So if you see me after the show, maybe, maybe, but the women I'm interested in, and they don't throw themselves. I want them to throw themselves at me. They don't, the ones that throw themselves at me. Well, I don't want to discourage anybody from throwing themselves at me. I appreciate everybody that throws themselves at me. Uh, and I, I wish people would throw themselves at me more. I don't even care what gender you are. I mean, I'm straight, but I, I like attention. I like attention. It's reaffirming. I get hit on a uh, gay guy. I think, uh, yeah, I do. I, I got it. I'll tell your friends that are women. 
Come on over and throw themselves at me. Start throwing. Throw your, I'm not going to hit on you. I'm not going to put myself out there. I'm not going to put myself out for rejection. I've had enough rejection in my lifetime with my career. And statistically, uh, I get shot down more than other people. I eat alone all the time. Nobody goes, who's the hot guy eating alone? No, they look at me and they go, he's mediocre. He should be eating alone. That's the truth. But the pushback was, you're not mediocre. So I appreciate, thank you for the people that said that. And feel, feel, feel free to throw yourselves at me. And uh, only if you're living an authentic life. If you're living an inauthentic life with fake pose pictures, you're not for me. Oh, here's the other thing. Their pictures are heavily touched up. Their pictures are heavily touched up. They don't even look like the people in the pictures. So you're inauthentic. And you want somebody who's authentic? Let's play the Ian Bag clip. Let's play the whole Ian Bag clip. It's several minutes, and I was going to stop it and talk with Bobby along the way, but, you know, he threatened to walk off the show. So I wanted to make sure he didn't uh, do that, of course. And this will give me a second to chug some some, uh, juice and get my energy back up. This is... Ian Bag, comedian, who was also in South Africa with me and Bobby Lee, Mo Mandel, uh, Trevor Noah. These were all the people on the show. Um, who else? I think I was on it. Bobby Lee accuses me of not coming to his aid and defense when he was being mugged. And I'm telling you, I wasn't there. I was at the hotel. I remember when he came back and told the story. And I have proof. I called a witness, Ian Bag. I need you to be a witness on my podcast so there's a clip okay. of Bobby Lee on Tom Segura's podcast, and he's talking uh-huh. about South Africa. And uh-huh. do you remember when he was mugged? Yeah. He, where, <laughs> right. Where was, he, yeah. where was he mugged? What town? He was mugged in uh, Cape, uh, Cape Town. Right. It wasn't Johannesburg, yeah. right? No, it wasn't Johannesburg. It was Cape Town. I don't think any of us were ever together in, in Johannesburg. No. I uh, I did I did Johannesburg with Tom Segura. I did um, I did Cape Town with you and Bobby. Okay, so what is yeah. your recollection of Bobby being mugged? What's the story? I just happened to be wa- I walked into a grocery store kind of close to the hotel, like the store that we'd all go to, and as I walked in, Bobby ran in and he said, "Ian, I just got mugged. I just got mugged." Uh, they, they tried to take my phone and I ran and I ran and he was all upset. And I said to him, I go, um, I said, was a black guy. And he said, yeah, we're in fucking South Africa. Of course it was black guys. So racist. So you were, th- you were there. You were actually there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I was there right when it happened right afterward. Did, but you didn't see it. I didn't see it happen. No. Okay. Was I with you? No, I was by myself. Okay, he claims, this is what he said on, hold on, th- this is exactly where Bobby Lee had me stop the clip. Oh, oh enough, enough, enough. So let me, let me continue because Ian Bag is a wonderful witness and he's reliable and he's funny. I'll have him on this podcast, Tom Segura's podcast, uh, that he said, I was being mugged, I was on the ground, and if that's not bad enough, I look up and watching me being mugged is Ian Bag and Orny Adams. 
I, I played this on the last podcast with Bobby Lee. Bobby Lee was on Tom Segura's podcast uh, with Christine, uh, Christina at, at uh, mom's house, and uh, he talked. He talked about being mugged, and I saw it. I only saw it because I was flipping through through TikTok, and I saw my name on a screen. I go, "What is this?" And it's Bobby Lee talking about me. And apparently, people talk about me on their podcast all the time. Uh, I don't hear it. I don't listen to other podcasts. That's why this podcast hopefully doesn't sound like other people's podcasts. Let's continue with the clip uh, of, because I always just want to do things differently, which is probably a, a problem. I probably should just live an authentic life and, and do what everybody else does because there's a formula and it works, but I hate, 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 hate formulas. Okay, continue with Ian Bag. Uh, I called him. Uh, the day I was interviewing Bobby Lee to get his story about South a- South Africa. <laughs> no, nowhere near. I, nowhere near. I remember when he came back to the hotel and was telling the story. He he, he said yeah. something like they grabbed my arms and he thought they mm-hmm. were t- trying to tickle him and then they they stole That's his a- BlackBerry. That's how far back this goes. It was it was. I I remember us all laughing because he thought he, they were trying to tickle him immediately. Like I'm sorry. right. Why would they be tickling you? Did you catch it? Because I, I broke the I clip like, up. I don't know. I broke it yeah, up. Yeah, but we weren't, Bob, we, weren't, we weren't nowhere near him. Thank we, you. We, I ran into him afterwards in the grocery store. Well, he... And I, if I had, I would have watched had it happened. Same here. I'm not jumping in. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, I would have recorded if I had that ability, but... Yeah, if we're losing anybody on that trip, it's going to be Bobby. <laughs> he, said, he said that he's been mad at you for years because you didn't jump in. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Look how much Ian cares. Oh, well, yeah, I apologize. Yeah, I, I'm going to have to bring that up with him. Yeah, you'll have uh, to have that discussion. But I, 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 to, I saw when I saw this clip, it just it showed up on my TikTok feed. I'm like, this guy is he's out of his mind. That's he's, that's Bobby. That's our Bobby. Okay, we love <laughs> we we love Bobby. All right, so I just wanted to get that. And he, I also yeah. You also remember our last show? He uh, he went in the orchestra naked. Yes. Do you remember that? Yes, yeah. I have pictures of that. I th- I want to talk to him about that because he struggled. We did like 23 shows, and 22 uh-huh. out of 23, he struggled. This was not an easy crowd. We all struggled. The 23rd right. show, he destroyed. He owned yeah. them. They loved him. And then he decided at halftime or whatever, the intermission, whatever they call it down there, he decided right. he was going to get naked. And sit in yeah. with a trombone or something or a trumpet. Yeah, and and that that's when they didn't like him. They booed him. Remember that? They booed him. Yeah, they booed him. <laughs> they turned yeah, on him he, so he fast. Finally, he finally he finally won him over, and then he lost him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that just says everything about Bobby Lee. Uh, uh, that's awesome. All right, perfect. That's that's all. I thank you, Ian. Yeah. So I I cut it off, but so stupid. I've got this this board where I can't rewind. If I was doing this off my computer, I could rewind and I could play it back to let you hear that moment. But I said, was I anywhere near? That's where Bobby made me cut it off. And Ian Bag just laughed because he knows I wasn't near it. But Bobby in his head either is conflating or he later admits, I go, you're conflating two stories. Like maybe I watched him do something else. Uh, that sounded weird. I, I wasn't there. And Bobby later admits on my podcast that he embellishes and makes up stories to uh, to be tintillating, to increase viewership, to get things going. And I get it. 
a little bit, but like, what what does it add? That's what I meant to ask him. What does it add to the story if I'm watching you? What does that add? And what is what do you say? You're basically saying that you know, I'm not uh, you know, we'll say man enough, not to genderize, but I, I I didn't have the courage to jump in and save you, which I wouldn't have done. I'm not jumping in if if several people are you know attacking him. I can yell help. Maybe I could throw some. I don't know what. I actually, I don't know what I would do because I wasn't there. Okay. That's the honest answer. Hey, Bobby, I don't know if I would have jumped in. Jokingly, I'd like to say for comedic effect that I wouldn't jump in. Uh, I actually may enjoy watching Bobby get mugged. It might, it actually might be funny. <laughs> but you hear the way Ian, like Bobby's one of those guys that you just, you can never take seriously. It's like when I go home, and I'm going home this week. My my family never takes me seriously. They don't see me as a guy that's accomplished anything. They see me as the kid. The kid again. The kid who would who would spell weird things with his alphabet french fries. Remember the alphabet french fries you could microwave? Remember they came in some special box that you could microwave them and they'd be crispy? Tell you, they weren't sweet potato fries when I was a kid. I came out of nowhere. And I want them out. I'm campaigning. Get rid of sweet potato fries. So that's what bothered me about the Bobby Lee situation. Was don't don't accuse me of not coming to your defense when I wasn't there. And I think he knows because when I when you see me open the podcast, I go, "Let's talk about South Africa." What what what, what, what do you want to talk about? Why are we talking about South Africa? Because he knew. I even texted him. I said, hey, Bobby, I just saw this Tom Segura thing. This was uh, like a month ago. What's up with that? You know that didn't happen. He never responded. So he kind of knew that was coming. But I I really like Bobby. I, I consider Bobby a friend. And I know he came on this podcast to support me and to help me launch this into, into a, a new level. And I, I, I'm so grateful for that. And he'll be back on because the banter is is rich. In fact, a lot of people who are fans of Bobby, and he has so many, said, this is as real as I've seen him in a long time. And that's what this podcast offers, a real conversation. Now, I invite guests on all the time, and they they confirm, and then they they cancel. One, one person I've asked several times. And we had one day, and then we changed it. Then we changed it to another day. Then we changed the hour in the day. And and then the person canceled and canceled. Then I asked again. Then the person's out of town. Well, I'm going to tell you something. I have a new fantasy that this podcast goes to the moon and back, to Mars and back, and gets to the point where people want to be on this podcast. Then they don't cancel. Okay? And then I can go, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Remember when I kept asking you when I when I saw you out at the clubs and when I texted you and you were going to come on and then you made no effort to listen. If 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 you're booked and you cancel, okay, make you make an effort to rebook yourself. Don't make me chase you. Don't make me chase you. And if you do, I, I, I I'm going to remember that. Okay. So my new fantasy is it gets to the point that people want to be on this podcast and and people like Bobby Lee are helping me. Whitney Cummings is helping me. Sam Tripoli is helping me. Comedians are helping me. I knew it. I predicted this years ago that after that documentary, and I'm done talking about it, and I felt like the community, comedy community turned on me, and I said, I will never have a shot getting back or excelling in this industry until the comedians back me, and it appears like that's happening. 
and I, I don't want to jinx it, but I'll, I'll get into more stories. But Bobby graciously came on to help me and he'll come on again and I'll go on uh, Tiger Bomb or whatever his thing's called. Tiger, uh, Tiger Belly. I'll go on that podcast and I'm going on other podcasts. Okay. And I caught Bobby in a lie. And he said, all right, you got me. You got me at the end. You can watch. I put the clip up on, there's a smaller clip on YouTube and the longer, the full episode is on YouTube too. And I encourage you to watch it. I encourage you to like, subscribe, uh, and write reviews and share it. And I encourage you to do that to, for my older podcast. I encourage you to do that for my standup. Really, my dream in life is that it's the standup that wags the tail of the story. That's all I care about. I'm passionate about standup. I love standup. And it, it's what I feel I'm best at. And podcasting, I'm learning. I'm learning. You know, people say, get rid of the clutter behind you. Look, I got rid of the clutter behind me. It actually does look better. I put a pumpkin because it's it will be it will be Halloween. It will be Halloween. But I really enjoy the banter with Bobby Lee. Although, you know, he, he kept trying to control the conversation in my podcast. I kept having to say, hey, Bobby, this is my podcast. But I understand why Bobby is such a success at podcasting. I get it. He's that good. He is. He's open. He's honest. He doesn't, I don't think he thinks. I think he just says stuff and doesn't deal with consequences. Now, I can't do that. And, and that's why I brought up that documentary. After Comedian, where I was ripped apart in the press, that's the name of the documentary. I try not to say the name. After that, I remember when it was coming out, and this was in the theaters. This was this was a documentary that was in the theaters. I think it was even nominated for an Academy Award. I was doing a show in Baltimore with Jerry Seinfeld, and my parents flew in uh, to see the show. And the next day, I was, I think I lived in New York at the time. I was taking the train from Baltimore back to New York City, and I stopped at the train station, I picked up a newspaper from every city. This is back when newspapers, uh, there were newspapers. You can get the San Francisco Chronicle, Boston Globe, New York Times. You can get the uh, Wyoming uh, Rake. What is their paper called? You can get uh, the Boulder Boldies. You can get uh, the Atlanta Journal and Constitution. I know that because I live there. The New Orleans, what are they? The uh, the New Orleans uh, hurricane drank. The New Orleans. Uh... And so I picked up one of everything. New York Post, New York Times, Boston Globe, Boston Herald. Uh, probably spent a fortune. I got every paper and I read the reviews of the documentary and I was getting slammed. I was getting slammed. And I think after that, that's why I didn't do a podcast for a long time and why I still don't do a lot of podcasts. Because when I open my mouth, I get into trouble. And I don't like controversy. Okay, some people love controversy. I don't. I don't like to have to defend myself. And back then, you couldn't defend yourself. There wasn't the, there wasn't podcasts. There wasn't internet. There wasn't self-publishing. There is now. And that's what's beautiful, beautiful about the world. There are some positives, okay? I can reinvent myself, which I have done. And I can reinvent myself with the help of my fellow comedians who are now going to put me on their podcast and push me. You know, podcasting is a full-time job. Now, I, I'm doing mine now. After this, I'll eat a little bit more, and I'm going to go do Adam Carolla's podcast. This is what we do. And we're taking the power from the people that had power, the people that decided, the gatekeepers, 
And believe me, it's all ending. Even the streaming services that have had a hold over which specials get to be seen, that's being democratized even more. That's why you can go to YouTube and watch great stand-up comedy. That's where it's going, to YouTube. That's where my special is right now. And it's being seen by people because the algorithm likes it for now. Okay, so now it's being seen by people for the first time. This is wonderful. You know what else is wonderful? You can just put up little clips. I'll put up little clips of this podcast. People will never watch this full episode, but they'll watch the clip. They'll watch the clip where I'd say, uh, dating, you got to be authentic. You got to, they'll, they'll watch that. Okay. And you can monetize that. Not that this is all about money, but I don't want to get on a, a plane and go to Nebraska and do shows anymore unless it's sold out. And if it's sold out, it's sold out because I reinvented myself online. It isn't because uh, I went to Nebraska five times in the last five, uh, 50 years of my life. Okay. Things have changed. You know, what's wonderful and actually makes me smile. Something actually makes me smile. Okay. Ready for this? I did a show. I'll just one example. I did a show at the Laugh Factory in Hollywood on Friday night. And then in the audience, some guy sort of talked back to me. And I said, I'm not letting a guy with a, uh, like a ponytail talk back to me. And he yells out, man bun. I go, that's a man bun in 2022? If we can't get rid of the man bun, how are we ever going to get rid of COVID? If we can't eradicate the man bun, and the audience goes crazy. And I posted this moment. It's less than 30 seconds. And I posted it. I posted it on my TikTok, my Instagram, my Facebook, Twitter. Okay, the bots on Twitter love my comedy. Now, that night at the club, let's say there were 250 people at the Laugh Factory uh, in Hollywood on Friday night. It has now been seen, or that day was seen over 50,000 times on different platforms. Okay? So 250 people saw it live. I now took something that I did live for 250 people, and I now converted it into something, a form of content that is seen by so many more. And that, to me, is really cool. Really cool. And that's why I continue to put up clips of my stand-up and, and clips from my podcast. And I put up a clip. Uh, well, Whitney Cummings did this first. I did her podcast last week. Three hours. Okay? I'm now doing these podcasts that go on forever. Three hours with Whitney. I did two hours uh, with Sam Tripoli the other day. Well, I'm done talking for a month. I talk for that much. I have nothing else to say. But Whitney and I, we really have a, a cool friendship. And we really didn't know each other that well until recently. And one day she left a cell phone bag or carrying case on stage. It wasn't like a normal uh, cell phone carrying case. It was a Kate Spade. You put it over your neck and you actually like wear, it looks like a placard. Like you wear your cell phone. Yeah, you make sure it, it 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 lands, put it around your neck, it's leather, and then it lands right over your heart. So uh, the, 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 uh, the, the cell transmission goes right to your heart and gives you cancer and die quickly. She left it on stage, 
And I, I started to give her crap because she hadn't. I said, whose bag is this? And everyone goes, Whitney's. I go, is she still here? I go, Whitney, come get your bag. And she took the bag. And then she started to give me crap that I didn't know what this bag was and that it was Kate Spade. And, and she's like, it, it was weird. And I started yelling at her. Hey, Whitney, return myself, my, my text messages, return my text. So, and so the audience starts going crazy. We start sort of roasting each other. And I invite her on stage to tell this story about Montreal. And, uh, which was a self-serving story about me having a good set that night when other people, I guess, didn't. And Whitney actually ends up telling the story on her podcast, which will air in another week. But we were on stage together for about 15 minutes, just going after each other and having a good time. And Whitney published one clip. I published another clip. And by publish, I mean TikTok, Instagram, and all that stuff. And I put up the entire 12 and a half minute clip on my uh, Patreon, patreon.com slash warning. So if you want to see the full clip, it's up there. And maybe it goes on YouTube at some point. But for now, it lives on my Patreon page if you want to support me. A lot of people, I think, sign up as like sort of just thanks thanks for doing what you do. Like a tip almost, which happens on YouTube too. I get such a kick. There's something called a super thanks. And people like, We'll give $5 or $10, sometimes $3, whatever. They give this money and I, it's so cool. It's like a tip. And I think that's so nice and generous. And it, it makes me feel good when I, when I see the new comments and I'm like, wow, somebody just tipped me $5. And I think that's what they see, you know, uh, Patreon as too. And I, I appreciate it. I pr- appreciate all the support and the listens. I hope you listen to this podcast. You like it. You share it. You write reviews. Write reviews on uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, and and share it with people. And and let me know what you think. You can actually correspond. I'll read the emails. What's wrong at orneyadams.com? What's wrong at orneyadams.com? I'll read it. People send me uh, comments, suggestions. Sometimes I, I read them on the air. Sometimes I don't. This week I'm not, but I got a bunch. And again, a lot of new people listening since uh, the last episode with Bobby Lee. So thank you. But I did a podcast, Whitney Cummings, three hours. Wow. Hard to keep your energy up for three hours, but we did it. And of course, I hate the way I look in it. I can't stand. I'm sick of the way. Like here, I can control it. I'm controlling the lighting and the camera. And then I edit it. I, I can't stand. I hated the chairs. I look slouchy in it. I hate. That's another reason I don't like to do podcasts. I don't like the way I look. Mediocre. I'll fight you on that. My personality maybe brings me up to a seven, but I'm a I'm a uh, uh, what do you call it? A physical six. A six. Go to the gym all the time. I diet. I still can't get it together. I look like a guy. My body type is uh, slightly out of shape consistently my entire life. I've always looked like my, if you look at my body now, like I look kind of like kind of husky or big or I kind of look like a guy that maybe at one time was in great shape. Like maybe he played like a sport in high school or college. No, I've looked like this my whole life. I've looked slightly out of shape and endomorphic my entire life. I've never been in shape. There's no fall from grace over here physically. None. I did Sam Tripoli's podcast last week, two hours. 
you know, I, I, Sam, Sam is a guy that really encouraged me to do this podcast and is supportive. And uh, I appreciate that he had me on his. We, we have very different views on a lot of things. He's into, you know, all sorts of uh, conspiracy theories. And they're not, they come out of nowhere. Like all of a sudden he's talking about Charles Manson being a plant for the government to get people to experiment with drugs. It's, it's not, I mean, I'm going to start making up my own. Like I thought, you know what I'll say? The Beatles were lip syncing. It wasn't even them singing. I'm going to start this whole conspiracy. It was, no, they were, they were government agents and somebody else sang all the songs. They lip synced because they looked the part and they were sent to America to gather information about us. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that. Float it on Reddit and see if I can get it going. Because, but like that's why I love about Sam. I go, do you really believe that about Charles Manson? And he's got the greatest answer. He goes, do you mean do I believe the truth? And then they always he puts a book up on the screen and he says, uh, read this book. They always have books to cite. Books used to mean something. Now every kook is writing books, so it's meaningless. It's it's absolutely meaningless. But uh, that episode, I think, is out now. Today, I'm doing Adam Carolla's podcast, which is a biggie, another biggie. And I'll uh, I'll let you know how that goes. I might wear the same shirt. I thought this shirt might strobe on camera because it's got an interesting pattern. It's my new shirt. Do you like my new shirt? There's my Uber Eats. Coming! That people honk. Jeez. Let's... Uh, Let's talk about the lounge chair. Do you remember that from episode 60? I had... Clear my throat. I had... There's something called an Eames lounge chair. I encourage you to look it up. It's a gorgeous chair. In fact, I think they they use them on Shark Tank. And if you buy an Eames chair, it's uh, Herman Miller. They're about now, the new ones, eight to $10,000. I think that's ridiculous for a piece of furniture. Rather buy... A chair for two thousand and donate some of that money. St. Jude's, everybody, donate to St. Jude's. Okay, my chair. I bought it at a high-end store in Los Angeles that went out of business. I don't know if it was COVID or what happened, but they're out of business, so I can't bring it back. And this chair was probably uh, two thousand dollars, let's say. And I was sitting in it the other day, about uh, two months ago, not the other day, and it just collapsed on me. It's a really cool chair that you can sort of lean back and bounce. It's leather. It's gorgeous. It's got bent plywood. It's very 50s, mid-century modern. It's sexy. Fits me perfectly. Makes me feel like a man. Makes me, makes me, makes me feel good in my home. Well, it collapsed. And there I am on my ass. And all I'm worried about is, I hope it didn't scratch the hardwood floors. So I gave the chair to my neighbor, Ken. Ken to try and help repair it, at least screw it together so I can sit in it until I find a viable replacement. Because again, options. You can buy knockoffs of these. And I'm not a big fan of knockoffs, okay? But Herman Miller and his wife who designed this are dead. So they're not benefiting. I'm I'm sure their heirs are, but I think Herman Miller, uh, which is designed within reach, they own the patents for this. That's a store that's in Los Angeles. And I'm sure they have outlets all over the United States. They now sell it. They get the patent. I don't mind. I don't want to rip off Herman Miller, but he's dead. So I don't mind buying a replica in this case. And maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe morally I'm, I'm incorrect. I'll have to think about it. But 
I posted a video online of the tragedy of my broken lounge chair. And a company reached out to me and said, we have one, you should try ours. Ours has more plies, meaning more layers of wood on the plywood. It's sturdier and we'll send it to you. And you can, you can make a video comparing them. I said, you can send it to me. They go, you can send it to me, but I need to try it out. And I'll review it, but I'm going to be honest. If, if it's not better, I'm, 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 I'm not going to give it a good review. Or I won't post the review. How about that? But I'll keep your chair. So they send me the chair. It comes within like two. I had a lot of correspondence with these people. And mostly through Instagram. And they had me go to their webpage. They had a beautiful webpage with all these different mid-century modern chairs. And it was legit. And they had me sign up for a partnership program. And they said, I just wanted the free chair. But they're like, if you make the video, mention this code. And the people get $30 off for the chair. Uh, and I'm like, that's not a lot of money, $30 off. They're going to spend, you know, $1,200 plus tax on this chair. And I'll get $50 for every chair sold. Well, I, I knew I wasn't going to sell a chair. Nobody's going to watch a video from a stand-up comedian and buy a $1,200 chair. This isn't like a bag of chips or soda or something that like is affordable. It's a $1,200 chair. And the hard thing is you don't get to try it out first. It's not like you're in a showroom and you go, yeah, I like this. And uh, and by the way, I think because that that furniture store, I bought the chair at initially in Los Angeles because I think they knew they were going out of business. They couldn't get me the chair. I, I think they had a better replica than the one they sent me. I think they said, you know what? We're going out of business. Just send them any replica. He'll never be able to find us, which which is what happened. I think I had a crappy, really crappy replica because the new one arrived two days later and it was really good. The leather was nicer. The wood was nicer. It was much more sturdy, but it didn't have the bounce because in the, the replica I had and the uh, original Eames, they have rubber shock mounts. There are these shock observers on the side and that's what will deteriorate and cause the chair to collapse. So there's a plus and a minus to that. So uh, the new one had metal, so it was a lot firmer, but it isn't going to fall apart. So I make this eight-minute video, and I really laid out everything. And one of the things I stressed was, this company is very responsive. They get back to me right away, and I'll ask a question, like, are the shock mounts rubber, or is that metal? Can you confirm they're stainless steel? Because Ken goes, that's stainless steel. I go, really? It's not just a hard rubber? No, that's stainless steel. That's why it's not going to have that bounce, and they'll never have that bounce. I go, it's not going to... Give in a little ago. Stainless steel doesn't give in. So I would confirm that with them. And these people were very responsive, but they kept hounding me. Where's the video? Where's the video? Where's the video? I go, listen, I got it. I'm not available. I was out of town, but I didn't want to let these people know. And by the way, I could tell by the emails that they weren't, uh, I don't think they were in this country. They certainly, English was not their first language. I don't know if that's politically incorrect to say, but there was like, hello, sir, where video for chair? You know, like that, like those type of emails, the English. And I, I just, I knew, but I was, I thought, you know what? They're a company probably in China and they ship them from the U.S. And that's fine. That's fine. There's a lot of that international stuff. So they, they responded to everything. And I put that in the video. Hey, this is a sturdier chair. The leather's better. Uh, it feels like it's going to last longer. It's uh, cheaper than the one that I had right here that broke. I had the two chairs next to each other. I said, the customer service is unbelievable. And that's what I look for when I'm uh, buying something online is that they're going to stand behind it. The website's clean and clear. Use this discount code. And so I finally got the video up. 
And then it became request after request. Hey, could you rename it my favorite lounge chair? I said, no, I like comparing, comparing lounge chairs. Uh, so then I capitulated and go, okay, I'll, I'll put something like comparing my favorite lounge chair, whatever. Then it became, could you use this uh, thumbnail for the YouTube video? Yeah, okay. Then it became, sir, when make Instagram video? When make, uh, and I go, well, I didn't agree to Instagram. Well, TikTok, sir, what are you, can you promote? on? And they were hounding me, this guy. How, my manager wants to know when, uh, Twitter, you're going to post on, and I, I'm just like, this isn't what I signed up for. So I, I ghosted them. I, I stopped responding. It got overwhelming. I agreed to take their chair, try their chair and post a video. Now, if you want to take my video of somebody that is, uh, somewhat recognizable and has a name and is putting his name out there and backing your chair, you can do that. But I did an eight-minute ad for basically a 12 or four. My chair was $1,400, chair, dollars chair. Now, my rate is a lot higher than that. Starting to feel uncomfortable. You pressing me every day about where's the chair, where's the, 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 the chair video for TikTok. Well, my fans are 12 years old. They're not buying $1,500 chairs that are on TikTok and Instagram. And I'm not known as a chair guy. I want to endorse products. I love when I get something great and I want to talk about it. I'm open to that. But these people, they were pushing it. And so I just let it go. But I would check every once in a while. I would check my partnership page on their website to see if I sold any. And I didn't sell any. And there wasn't really conversation like under the video like, hey, do you feel like this chair? Because I also sat in a real Eames chair and I could compare everything. And the Eames, the real Eames chair did not feel eight, you know, $6,000 more. Like it was worth $6,000 more. What makes the Eames original chair worth $6,000 more is it's handmade and it's gorgeous and it's detailed. It's a piece of art. Okay. This one is mass produced, but it looks really similar. So this is starting to feel like, a, like I'm dating the chair people. They won't leave me alone. So now I have to ghost them. And next, I'll have to block them. And I sort of started to feel like something wasn't right. And boy, was it not right. You're not going to believe it. I was doing a private show for the California Highway Patrol a couple of Fridays ago. And I get an email on Instagram and through uh, a private email account, both saying the same thing. Good news, sir. You sold chair. We will send $50 commission. I go, this is impossible. This is impossible. Okay. So I go on the partnership portal. I hit refresh and there's no sale. I go, this is strange. All right. This is, did they make a mistake? And then I thought, you know, it felt like a relationship. Like they're doing anything to get my attention. Like, I didn't respond to the other emails, but will I respond to the one where they owe me $50? Damn right I will. So I didn't mention that it's not on the portal, the partnership page. So I said, great. Uh, Will you PayPal the money? This is where it starts to get a little bit strange, to say the least. 
Get an email back almost immediately. And uh, the other thing is, they're always responding, not during our business hours, but business hours that would be in, in Asia. Okay, like nighttime. So, my nighttime. So I said, uh, they wrote back. Ready for this? Yes, sir. Just need your passport photo. Huh. Why would you need my passport photo? So I wrote back, hmm. Why would you need my passport photo? Just put it in my PayPal. Now I'm going on PayPal, setting up, you know, two-step authentication, everything. Because I'm like, are these people scamming me? Like, they have my PayPal address. What can they get by just knowing that? So now I'm on Reddit reading everything about that. I'm uh, going, like, why PayPal doesn't have like a, like, like Venmo, like a CR code that I can send them. They can just scan and send the money to. I don't know why they have to have my email address, which is different than the personal email address that they're sending me, uh, uh, you know, emails on. And my PayPal was set up so long ago, it still had almost like a six digit code. Like it was, it was so hackable, especially if you know, I like to eat ice cream. Okay. So now I don't know what that means. I, I don't want to give you a real clue. So now, okay, now I write back, object. I go, what do you need a passport photo? Just send the money. Next day, I get an email. <clears throat> Sir, we need your passport photo and social security number. Okay, now I know it's a scam. Immediately, before I even respond, I take the video down off of YouTube. Gone. Gone. You don't need my social security number, especially to send me $50. Okay? I took it down. I took it down. I wrote back. This is starting to feel like a scam to us. Team Orny. Okay. We don't give out that. Excuse me. I burped. We don't give out that information to anybody. Okay. You want a federal ID number? You can talk to my business manager, but we're only at $50. We're not talking about a lot of money yet. Just need to prove to my manager that you're, uh, you are who you are. Uh, oh, you don't think your manager can watch the video and see me in it? I'm a public person. So now, goodbye, not corresponding at all. It's over. Video down. Video down. I'm done with them. I'm done with them. Okay? I, I wait about a week. I go back on the page to see, you know, have they taken me off of their partnership page? Have they figured out that it's over? I hit refresh. It doesn't load. I go to their web page where their product was. Gone. It's gone. It's gone. It says 404 can't find page. This thing was a complete scam. It was a two-level scam. It was a scam to try and get my personal information, my passport photo, and, and social security number. What are you going to duplicate my passport? Then it was a scam in the sense that I think they were going to try and get me to sell as many chairs as I could and then rip the site down. So let's say like in the first week, 10 people, thank God nobody listened to me. Thank God nobody sees me as a, as a chair expert and bought a chair because then I would have felt obligated to make it right. Even though I don't, they, let's say they get 10 people to buy chairs that week. They shut it down 
before they have to ship the chairs. That's what I think this was. I've never heard from them again. They're completely gone. I went online. I found out that the website that that they were using uh, was registered to Indonesia. I found the address. I did a Google map for where it was registered. And it's like a really sort of, I don't know how to describe it, like, you know, underdeveloped country street. We used to say third world country. Now, I thank God I knew enough to say underdeveloped country. That's the deal. It was a scam. And that's what this world sucks with the technology. I'm sick of technology. I'm sick of being disconnected. I'm sick of us living in our phones. I'm sick that you have to be on guard. Like yesterday, I got this thing. Hey, you're part of a class action lawsuit with AT&T. Uh, click on this link to register. I don't know if this is real. So now I have to go go on Snopes or whatever and Google. And I found that it was real through ABC News. Said, yeah, if you're getting this email, it's real. You can click on this link. Now that might be a scam too. I don't know. I just feel like we're always on guard for being scammed. We're being scammed in the dating life. People are being inauthentic and being full of shit in their pictures. And it's exhausting. It's exhausting. I'm tired of always being on guard. I just want to go take an eight-hour slumber, wake up and drink some mimosas and, and disappear from the world. The world is nuts. The world is nuts. And I said that at the beginning. It's all clickbait. Why is the price of your mimosas going up? Why? Why? I can't stand the news. I find them lazy. And it happened again. And then we're going to wrap this up. This episode, episode 63, What's Wrong with Orny Adams? And I want to thank Ernesto Hurtado for uh, finalizing the audio and for being supportive. And I, I invite everybody to like, subscribe, share, write reviews, this podcast, and go on YouTube, YouTube slash Orny Adams, and watch More Than Loud, my comedy special. If you're curious what my comedy is like, or you see me on these other podcasts, go there, watch it. That's a baseline for who I am. This podcast is just a supporting character in the whole thing. But I am so sick of this going on, and it happened again. I talked about it. Uh, I talk, I've talked about this on several episodes. Yeah, I'm going to play you a clip of me yelling at my TV. Why do newscasters keep asking this question? This drives me nuts. If you're watching the Hurricane Ian uh, broadcasts, look at this. Hold on. The catastrophe. Um, that was left behind um, from Ian. Have you ever seen anything like this? Here we go. <laughs> Not on this scale. Right. It's a once in a lifetime storm. We had hurricanes. Uh, we had Why do we need to? They've asked. I've seen them when they're interviewing people after a plane crash and they ask people, have you ever seen anything like this before? Yeah, yeah, I see. Uh, I've seen five plane crashes in my life. And the damage that the moving water has done, both storm surge and just flooding from from rain that combination is not something that i've ever seen before he has yeah. never seen it before breaking news this guy has never seen anything like this before do i need to what's wrong with newscasters what just happened orny yells orny yells orny yells at his tv you wouldn't believe how much work it takes to put a clip like that together and you guys don't care What's wrong with my listeners? You don't care about all the work I put in. In fact, Whitney, my manager, Sam Tripoli, everybody in my life says you're working too hard. You're trying too hard. Just go and speak. Speak in front of a microphone. And even I I can't do it. I just, I try. I like trying. I like going for it and being my best. I've got to save some energy. I'm doing the Adam Carolla podcast. But if you're new to this podcast, 
I'll play you one of my favorite of all time news lazy newscasters from a Dateline where somebody was killed, shot five times, and he was like a snake guy, like he raised snakes. And the person who shot him, I think it was his girl, I can't remember who it was, said, oh, I think he was bit by a snake. Bit by a snake, he has bullet wounds. And they're like, have you ever seen anything like this before? Listen to this. Oh, that's not it. That's me ending the show. I should have ended the show. I should have just, listen to this. Hello? Yes. Okay, we've got everybody on the way. Do you know what happened? I can't believe this happened again. I was trying to fall asleep to a tranquil murder show, and now I'm up frustrated because a reporter asked a stupid question. Hear that? A snake. Apparently on the loose. While we were en route, it came across that they believed a 600-pound anaconda had caused this damage. Very unique call. Yeah, I mean, have you ever heard anything like that before? No, I had never heard of anything like that. Have you ever heard of anything like that before? Of course she hasn't. That's why she said it was a unique call. That's why we're doing a dateline about it. The, The guy got shot six times and they blamed it on an anaconda snake? Yeah, that's an everyday call. Come on, dateline. A better question would have been, hey, is this the most unique call you've ever gotten? Or, how about now this? I try and fall asleep. What just yeah, happened? Orny yells. Orny yells. Orny yells at his TV. I should try and fall asleep without the TV on. What's wrong with Orny Adams? Episode six. Here's the better question. The better question should have been, how does this compare to other tragedies you've seen? Episode 63. Goodbye. Goodbye. Adams. Wow. I got to get my energy up to go do the Adam Corolla podcast. And I'm wearing the same shirt. Fire it up. What's wrong with decision fatigue? What's wrong with all the different shapes of French fries? What's wrong with Orny Adams going to the gym and never getting in shape? What's wrong with the dentist trying to manipulate us to floss? What are they, in bed with big floss? What's going on? What's wrong with dating and just people in general? We're a dumb species. We're just a dumb species. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Without you... I'm just a crazy guy talking in a 1963 Shasta trailer, which I call Big Yellow. Wow. I'm going to go make a mimosa before they go up in price. (laughs)